Welcome to the Making Hay podcast with Marsha Miller from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help veterinarians, from new graduates to seasoned practitioners, navigate the sometimes tricky waters of personal finance. We all know the saying, making hay while the sun shines. As cheesy as it sounds, it represents a lot of what we help people do in their financial lives and businesses. We know each of you faces unique challenges, and we're here to offer advice tailored just for you. Anchored in service, stewardship, and a genuine understanding of your profession. Join Marsha Miller, your guide on this journey. Marsha has spent over 25 years in financial services, and her passion is helping vets like you get a handle on your finances. Tune into each episode as we meet at the intersection of veterinary practice and financial management. With help from expert guests and insights from Marsha's own experience, we're going to tackle your biggest financial questions head on. Hello, and welcome to the Making Hay podcast with your host, Marsha Miller. Marsha, it's very good to be with you again. I, you've got an interesting guest lined up for this episode. Yes, we do. Yes, we do, Bill. Good to see you, too. What are we talking about today? Well, we've got Leah Paris on the show today, and she has got a new business. She's got a lot of years in the business. Um, she's a certified veterinary practice manager, a LVT. And I, when I when I met her, I said, "You've got an alphabet soup after your name." She's got so many <laughs> credentials. Um, well, maybe we'll talk about some or all of those today. Welcome to the show, Leah. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. We'll jump right in. I instantly liked Julia. We met, we are um, LinkedIn friends, and I instantly liked you when I talked to you because you just built a house recently on a lake in North Georgia. I'm a lake person. I'm a water person. I was born in the Panhandle. So if you put me near water, I'm super happy. Mm-hmm. So I knew you I knew you were going to be my people <laughs> because <laughs> you like lake life, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But outside of that, <laughs> could you kind of just give us your background? Tell us about your journey and how, how did you get into um, the veterinary space and tell us about a little bit about your bio and experience. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone has different ideas about what they want to do when they grow up. Interestingly enough for me, that included things like meteorology and cosmetology, <laughs> uh, wow. but I could never really make up my mind. And growing up, we never had traditional pets like cats and dogs because my mom was scared of dogs and my dad was allergic to ga- cats. So the closest that we got to ever having pets were rabbits. But during my junior year in high school, my mom took a big step by overcoming her fear of dogs. And that's when we adopted our first dog, who was a Bichon Poodle mix named Duncan. Um, And we adopted him from the Humane Society. He had been really abused and neglected. And his journey to recovery was very long and challenging. And after attending vet visits almost weekly for nearly two months, we all started witnessing Duncan's transformation into this remarkable dog. And our family's perspective on it's just a dog Mm -hmm. underwent a complete shift. And I was just really inspired by watching the veterinarian help Duncan blossom. And so it was at that time that I realized my passion for wanting to be a veterinarian. So I started working as a kennel technician at a local clinic, which eventually led to a receptionist role and later a position as a veterinary assistant. But life has its own way of steering you towards your true calling. And instead of pursuing a career as a veterinarian, 
I found myself drawn to a path of professional growth in a support role, which eventually led me to my licensure as a veterinary technician. And then following that, I took on various leadership roles at clinics, which really fueled my desire to lead and coach teams to success. And that eventually landed me in my first practice management position. So I got certified as a compassion fatigue professional in 2019 to help veterinary teams deal with compassion fatigue and burnout. And that same year, I received my human animal bond certification. And then in 2022, I finally acquired that coveted certified veterinary practice manager title. And there are plenty of other things that happened along the way. But for the full scoop, you can check out my website where I've got my full detailed autobiography. Awesome. Well, what a journey. Yes. And I love I love that finding the veterinary practice made Duncan a better dog and a better pet and changed his life, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, changed dogs as well. Yeah, it's going to say yours as well because our pets are our children. They're, you know, we love them dearly. That's a cool story. Awesome. Yeah. So, one thing you didn't mention is not only are you finally that coveted certified vet practice manager, but you've recently launched a business. I can't wait to hear like the why behind that. I love entrepreneurship. I've been an entrepreneur for 26 years. It's the hardest thing and the most rewarding mm-hmm. thing I've ever done on so many levels. We can talk about it in five years and share it, compare our first five-year notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's super rewarding. But tell us about your journey to become an entrepreneur, why you did it. What, what did you see that happened that inspired you to take this step? And tell, yeah. us the name of, and tell us the name of your business too. It is, the name of the business is Southern Meridian Veterinary Consulting. And entrepreneurship was definitely scary, like you said. It's a very unknown area. But last year, I found out that I had thyroid cancer. And so juggling a full-time job in a clinic with all the treatments, doctor's visits, hospital trips, it just became too overwhelming. And it was really tough to keep a steady schedule, especially when my boss always expected me to be there. Um, And so when I decided to leave my job in practice, I felt really lost. And veterinary medicine has been my only career path. So diving into a job search in a completely different field was very, very daunting. And Mm -hmm. the thought of essentially starting from scratch in a new industry was overwhelming. But then it, it got me thinking, you know, How can I make the most of the valuable knowledge and skills that I've gained from my years in the veterinary field? Is there a way that I can continue working in the field I'm passionate about while also using my expertise to help and support others? And that led to the idea of consulting. So I just I really wanted to share my knowledge that the field has generously given me, but on a larger scale and wanted to lend a hand to all sorts of hospitals and clinics see them do well with my support and hey, who doesn't want to be their own boss, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, I love the, uh, I'm not happy about you having thyroid cancer and I'm a cancer survivor too. I don't know if I told you that earlier, but 10 years out breast cancer. So Mm -hmm. it definitely throws a curveball in your life. And I'm thankful that your path is to live as my story is to live as well and to give back. And that's what we do every day setting up your business. I love what you have in mind to do for people and with the management coaching and consulting and all those kinds of things. Could you speak into some of that specifically? Like you go into a practice called to to give a consult on something. What would that look like? Well, just to give a little bit of background, I kicked off Southern Meridian Veterinary Consulting in September of last year. 
And I'm, I really focus on what's happening inside the hospital. So although I touch on financial matters, I'm not a financial consultant, nor am I a medical expert. I'm not going to come into the clinic and tell a veterinarian how they need to practice medicine. My main goal is figuring out how hospitals can run smoother and, and better. And that could mean anything from hiring more staff, providing extra training, getter, getting better equipment, or just offering top-notch customer service. And of course, culture plays a huge role because you need a motivated staff to deliver that top-notch customer service. And that's really what drives business and makes a hospital successful. You know, when it comes to the consulting side of things, I work on site with clinics and that involves spending time observing their operations and pinpointing areas where enhancements or refinements can improve their efficiency. And again, sometimes this involves figuring out why you're experiencing a high staff turnover or a drop in new client numbers, or maybe you simply want an outside perspective to see if there's anything you could be doing better. You know, when we're working at our own clinic, we almost have tunnel vision and we're kind of oblivious to the things that could be done better. Mm -hmm. Um, so whatever the reason, my aim is to help identify areas of concern and work together with leaders and teams to figure out ways to grow. That's so good. I know owning a business myself in times of my business, where I can look back and where I had a well-oiled machine of a team is when we had the most financial success. We were prosperous. And so that is one of the things you don't do. The financial side of things is what we do. We help veterinarians with the financials of their business, of their personal finances and so forth. And so I just see the impact that all the things that you just talked about could make to their financial bottom line as well, even though that's probably not something you're talking about. I want to scream it loud and clear. You know, we need to know that all of our processes, all of our, the culture and the business, nothing's going to tear down a business more than a team that's not functioning properly. Mm -hmm. I think what you're doing is so valuable and can't wait to hear more of how you thrive and, and change practices out there and have testimonials and, and all that kind of good stuff. What would you say as far as impactful changes that the veterinary space needs? What would you say, or is there something that you have on mind in mind that with all of your extensive experience that you would see as the most significant change you'd like to contribute to in the veterinary space? Besides supporting clinics in any way that I can, which I also do offer practice management coaching and interim services, and I can go into more detail a little bit about that. But as far as general speaking, mental health awareness is a big topic for me. Compassion fatigue and burnout are real. And those factors significantly impact us on a daily basis. We're consistently dealing with challenging client interactions, ethical dilemmas, euthanasias, and numerous other responsibilities. And that takes a toll on our mental well-being. In one of my compassion fatigue lectures, so I've obviously done some background research on statistics, and I found that nearly 70% of veterinarians have had a colleague or peer die by taking their own life. So I'm really keen on being part of the change. I want to help spread the word about this issue in our industry, especially to our clients, so that they can pitch in to create better workplaces for our team. Another area is support staff appreciation. Um, as a licensed veterinary technician, I recognize the significance that my qualifications hold within the profession. However, 
receiving the appropriate recognition, including fair compensation and optimal utilization, remains an ongoing challenge in our field. And title protection is currently a hot topic among veterinary technicians, and for good reason. But this is just another issue where we need to raise awareness, and I want to be able to contribute to that effort. I do want to hear more about your interim practice management. Yes. But while we're talking about fatigue and burnout, let's come back to that. While we're talking about fatigue, burnout, a high suicide rate, one of the cool things that you have on your resume and that you've done is the Georgia chapter or, okay, so you led the Georgia chapter opening that for the nonprofit, Not One More Vet. And I'd love to hear about how that went, how it was received, the impact that you're making in the state of Georgia and in your local community around that. It's a slow growing community, which hopefully this year we will be able to bring in some more members. But last year, since it was such a fairly new adventure, we didn't really acquire many members. It is something that is still being spread across the state. So not a lot of people even really know it's available and it's there. I started it because I know colleagues that have taken their own lives. Some have been closer than others. I hate to say it, but I've thought about it at some point during my career as well. Fortunately, I had support and help that helped me get through it and, you know, take me to where I am today. But I wanted a way to be able to almost honor those that are no longer with us because of it. And I know a lot of other colleagues who have lost colleagues and some of us share the same colleagues that have been lost. And it's, I think it's a very well-known issue amongst the veterinary community. I think it's educating the public on how they can help with the issue, educating clients and explaining to them we're just trying to help where we came into this field because we love animals. We didn't come into this field because we want to get rich. Um, and so it's just all about raising awareness. And um, I think once we are able to get to a point where we have a lot of the public um, aware of what's happening, it's going to make a major transformation in the field. I agree. I know when I first started working with veterinarians about five or years ago or so, um, I was really surprised. I'm like, these are happy people. They have the dream job. They're playing with furry animals all day long. I had no idea. I was yep. completely shocked. And I thank you for sharing your personal story, you know, and being so authentic and vulnerable in this call today, this recording today, because that is really important for people to be honest and real about their own challenges so that more people can be helped. So I just applaud you for leading the way and leading the charge to get the Georgia chapter organized and going. How, when was that set up? So I actually started it in May of last year. I submitted the application and did all the work during my recovery after having my thyroid removed. So it was just kind of like a good timing, I guess. It kept me busy and thinking about something else other than, you know, my devastating diagnosis. And it was something that I knew that was going to help the field and the industry. And it was a driving force behind my recovery. That is amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. But I I can see that, you know, takes the emphasis off of yourself and what you're going through to pay it forward, so to speak. Well, it's not even a year old, so I'm sure you're going to get a lot of traction over the coming years, and I'll be spreading the word. I've got lots of friends in Georgia and the Georgia Veterinary Medical Association, so 
Perfect. I'll make sure to um, spread the news there when I see my friends in Georgia. Well, thank you. So, um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You. It seems like you've just crammed so much into this last year. <laughs> and I want to, well, we want to go back and talk about more in detail, your interim practice management duties and how that works and elaborate on that a little bit. So in addition to the consulting services, I offer practice management coaching and the interim practice management. So the coaching, I understand how tough it is not getting the right support to succeed in a leadership role. I've been there. I know what it's like, and I don't want others to go through that. So that's why I offer leadership coaching and mentorship, and that's to make sure that leaders aren't just getting by, but they're really thriving. And then the interim practice management is kind of a cool and new idea, but you know, you've got relief veterinarians, you've got relief technicians, but whenever a manager is out of the office for any reason, someone else is always stuck picking up their responsibilities on top of their own. So mm-hmm. often it falls on the practice owner or a regional leader or a manager or somebody in upper management or upper leadership, or you're delegating tasks to support staff. But this means that they're juggling even more responsibilities, which can negatively impact the business in so many ways, like burnout, diluted patient care, compromised attention to detail. So instead of piling on extra responsibilities and risking business performance, I offer interim management services to help with basic managerial tasks like payroll, inventory, accounts receivable, accounts payable, client concerns, and the area most practice owners dread, human resources and conflict resolution. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. We don't like that as the owners of the business. (laughs) So yes. Oh, that's something that's going to be, I, I, I suspect very highly sought after because I mean, a lot of times, you know, we know that there's a lot of females in the veterinary space So we've got maternity leaves or people out from surgeries or recoveries or family emergencies. Yeah, you need to get the word out. We are getting the (laughs) word out today to practice owners because nothing is more overwhelming than, you know, as the owner of my practice, even though it's a financial practice, having to take up additional roles that I'm not used to doing because I'm not very good at them because that's not what I do. I think the same thing would be true for these practice owners that it would be so beneficial to know that your skill set is available for a situation such as that. We're here to get the word out today. So yep. that's good. Awesome. You've got a full plate. And then on top of that, you are getting on stage coming up soon in June yes. at the American Veterinary Medical Conference yes. out in Austin. I don't want to spoil the whole thing for people that um, <laughs> are going to the conference, but um, what can you tell us? We're just thrilled to hear that you're, you'll be speaking and uh, love to hear whatever you can share with us. Yeah. So it actually goes back to one of the, the biggest changes that I want to be part of in the vet space, which is support staff appreciation, particularly licensed veterinary technician and title protection. So I will be actually speaking on stage with a colleague of mine. We're going to tag team the discussion. Her name is Annie Jones. She and I are going to be talking a lot about how to properly utilize your licensed technicians, what you need to do to retain them, to keep them engaged, and how you can compete in the market to get them on your team. And we also discuss a lot about the AHA guidelines that were recently released as well. And 
just again, educating and bringing awareness to the topic. It's a very, very sought after concern right now in the field. And so we just want to be part of that step forward to getting it in the right position where it needs to be. Fantastic. Well, I know that's going to be, unfortunately, that's a conference I will not be attending, but um, I wish I was going to be there. But we've got many more in between now and then that we're going to be, we'll talk about those on later episodes. Fantastic. That's going to be a great topic. One that I know will be very well received by all the veterinarians there. Well, as we wrap up, Leah, what would you say? I always like to ask the same question to all my guests. What is the one piece of advice that you'd like to offer to a young veterinarian or a new grad? What is that one, one piece as they step into this field that you would be able to like to give them today? Give it your best shot, but don't give it your all. We enter this field driven by passion for what we do, but that passion can lead to burnout and compassion fatigue and with some professionals ultimately leaving the field. Giving your all can leave your cup essentially empty. And if you keep pouring from an empty cup without replenishing it through your personal hobbies or activities, aka a work-life harmony, you risk finding yourself in a challenging situation that tragically we've seen lead to many lives being lost in this industry. So again, give it your best, but don't give it your all. Wow. That's great advice. Have good boundaries. Take some time yeah. off. Take advantage of the PTO. You know, yes. <laughs> it's all about PTO, right? Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, tell us how for any veterinarians out, out there listening to this and they want to contact you, give us your contact information. And we will be sure to put this in our show notes. So if you're driving down the road, you don't have to worry about jotting that down. But tell us how to contact you, name, phone number, email, whatever is the best way to get a hold of you. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Leah Paris. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So that's one of the top ways that you can get in touch with me. I have a website for Southern Meridian. It's S mvetconsulting.com. And then as far as an email goes, it's Leah, L-E-A-H at smvetconsulting.com. Those are the top three ways. Also, I have a Facebook page that you can, for the business that you can follow, but the other um, ways are the best outlets to get in touch with me. Well, fantastic. Like I said, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, And I just want to thank you so much for being my guest today. I learned a lot. Um, I found it very valuable. I'm I'm excited for your passion and for your new ventures and can't wait to have you on the show again in the future. And we'll talk about what's changed. So again, thank Thank you for your time today. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be featured. Absolutely. Well, Marcia, that was a very interesting conversation. That was great. And and Leah, thank you for your uh, advocacy on behalf of mental health, because that is an issue that affects a lot of us. And the more we know that it affects a lot of us, actually, the better, because <laughs> it makes exactly. us all a lot less alone. Mm-hmm. But thank you. Marcia, thanks for uh, another fascinating and interesting podcast. For the people who are listening that want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Well, like Leah, I'm also on LinkedIn and very active there as well. So reach out there. My phone number is 205-739-1928. That's my direct personal phone. And kind of the easiest way to reach me, if you don't want to remember all the big, long website, it's (laughs) meetwithmarsha.com. And Marsha is M-A-R-C-I-A. So meetwithmarsha.com is a super easy way to get a hold of me. 
Super fantastic. And like Leah's information, that'll also be available in the show notes for those of you who don't have a pen in your hand to write it down with right now. Thank you for listening. And for those of you who are listening who are not yet subscribers, hit the subscribe button. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> that way you don't miss another episode. You are notified when Marsha puts out a new episode and you can listen. Simple. It's easy. And if you like this podcast, if you find it valuable, tell people about it. Share it with other people. Help spread the word about what Marsha is doing and why you find it to be an interesting podcast to listen to. On behalf of Marsha, I'm Bill Tucker, reminding you that you can go out and make today a great day or not. It really is your choice. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Making Hay podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at meetwithmarsha.com or give us a call at 205-795-2013. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Marsha Miller. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Marsha Miller or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Advisory services offered by Investment Advisory Representatives or RFG Advisory LLC, RFG Advisory or RFG, a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.